0: Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and I'm so excited to be joined once again by Jackie and Matt. We had so much to watch this week that we are actually bringing you a bonus roundtable episode. As per usual, major spoiler alert warning for everything we watched, particularly for chapter 13 of The Mandalorian. We were so excited to talk about this episode. We also go into a lot of spoilers for Clone Wars, Rebels, and then some of the Star Wars extended universe stuff, some of it is still considered canonical, some of it is not, but it's a pretty deep dive conversation for us, so just want everyone to be aware of what you're getting into. We also go into full-on plot spoilers for Happiest Season, the film Run, which we watched this week, and then The Act, which is sort of a similar film to Run, or similar series to Run, and we also go into spoilers for Hillbilly Elegy, which is on Netflix. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main conversation for a couple of additional extra explanation notes. So without further ado here's we're watching what? All right, this is the first episode I took notes for because I just was like I have so many thoughts passing through my brain and I think the first one I would like to talk about is that's a terrible name. <laughs> oh. I think I'm cute. It- I just I don't feel like there was any name aside from Baby Yoda that was going to <laughs> make me happy. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean,
1: I was like, oh, interesting, and then when when uh, when Din said it, and he like looked up and like I was like, oh, like, <laughs> so it kind of sold me on it. <laughs> right when he was like, because he was so happy to,
2: yeah, do- I, was like, oh, I, I know, Morgo. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of cute, but no, it's it's like Grogu or something Gra-Goo. like that. It's
0: just it's so Gra-Goo, right, Gra-Goo, yeah. It just feels so inelegant, and not that Yoda is elegant or any of the other names are, but it just, <laughs> I prefer, I, I'm still team the child, and there's no way you're going to get me to call this kid Grogu.
1: Yeah, I had a hard time even adapting to the child, to be honest. Just yeah. I always, it was just baby Yoda, baby Yoda, baby Yoda, before we were like calling it the child, you know? So I still, like, I correct myself, like, oh, well, you know the child, but I always just call him baby Yoda. But
2: <laughs> He was just so happy when he got called that.
1: Yeah, it was cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but-, <laughs> but I wasn't. But I
0: wasn't. And who's more important in this situation? <laughs> Me as the audience member or the or puppet the- on screen? No, <laughs> but some more depth. I know, I know. It's just, it just felt like such a, a I don't know, cave person name.
1: No, I, I can see that. It's kind of um it, the first thing I thought of was you know going to the Marvel universe. I thought of Gorgon, who is not a cave person, but he's very brutish and very like you know yeah. what I mean, like. And- I, that's immediately what came to mind when they said it.
0: In fairness, I would also just in the last few days watched *Crude's* too, and then it main like the dad's yeah. name is Grug. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this name fits into *Crude's* too, to Lord be better of- than it fits into the Mandalorian universe. <laughs> so I was, I was not super pleased about that. However, the, Ahsoka Tano, right from the start, like right, right off the bat, we were. Oh, they just the they went home. all
2: in. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd went wild. The crowd went wild. Or Jackie went wild. Anyway, I was. I, I mean, I loved watching her fight. I will watch her fight forever. I think the most disappointing thing about this episode to me was that they said goodbye to her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was my main disappointment with the episode
0: was like, no. I know. After all that hype, it's much like the baby Yoda name. I'm like, after all that hype, that's all?
2: Like, that's it? Like, are we, I assume we'll see her again. Uh,
1: yeah,
2: I think we'll see her. I, I, I 100% believe we'll see her again. I was just bummed that we didn't get a little arc with her at least for now because- I loved
1: it. Yeah I, I think that they're just I think that they're just building something bigger and I know people have been like oh maybe she'll get a spin-off show or maybe this or that what we don't know but I just think that like with all this stuff and having Bo-Katan in there and like what they're doing and talking and she's looking for the dark saber which Ron. We, well, oh, yes, Ron. He's Ron yeah I mean hello but it's like all that. And like, we know she's looking for the dark saber and all that. And it's like, they're just building this bigger thing. And we know that like our main adversary has the dark saber. So it's going to all clash again. It just has to. And I feel like, especially, I don't know, we're watching Mando kind of, you know, we've seen as he's learning that, you know, his, version of being a Mandalorian is not necessarily the version of being a Mandalorian, uh, but rather one of them. I, I just, I see this series eventually taking us to Mandalore and this whole, I, mean, I think everything's just going to kind of come to front at some point. And I think Ahsoka will be back for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think we all thought she was going to take the babe, you know, Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. And then I immediately, when, when Din was like, you know, you, like she, she, she wanted his help of course. And then he's like, well, okay, you have to, you have to train the child. And everything. And and she's like, doesn't say anything, but then they go to the mission. I was immediately like, oh my gosh, if she takes this kid after she's afraid to, I'm going to be so annoyed. And then I like, she went back on her word. <laughs> I was
2: and I think Rosario did a really good job with the depth of that emotion, too. When she was talking about, like, why she wouldn't take him. Like, it wasn't, like, overdone, but it was definitely, like, there, which I really thought was good, too. So she...
0: I worried that because I was missing all of the backstory on her that I didn't quite, like it was a very neutral performance for me. And that's a good thing. I think it was, it's not a bad or a good, but I didn't, I didn't see extra depth out of it because I was like, I don't know who Thrawn is. I don't know who all of these other figures are. And then Jackie, you sent out like a kind of a, a primer after I'd watched the episode. Cause I didn't want to know going into it. I was, I was upset that Ahsoka Tano started trending the night before on Twitter. And wow. so I was like, oh, that's. Essentially a spoiler. Like, we know she's coming to the show, but I don't want to know that she's on this next episode, even though in my heart of hearts, we were like, you know, we talked about it last week where we're like, we we bet she's going to be. Yeah, but I was like, I didn't need that. So I tried to stay off the internet. So I didn't look up anything about her going into this episode. And then reading the kind of like, here are the key points you needed to know after having seen the episode. I'm like, I didn't. I don't understand what happened. I have to watch it again. I am lost. But I think, Jackie, you pointed out a couple of weeks ago, like we are seeing things from Mando's but like Din's perspective. We don't know. He doesn't know any of this greater stuff. And so I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to like recenter myself when these moments happen. I get sucked up into the larger Star Wars universe.
1: Yeah. And I've been, you know, we've talked a lot about how much knowledge is necessary versus what's just adding to it. And I've been actually, you know, on a big watch slash rewatch, I guess, of Clone Wars and I'm on to Rebels now. So I'm actually on almost done (laughs) and it's like it's interesting because i was less familiar with a lot of rebel stuff as i was with clone wars and what's funny is i'm actually enjoying it more than i enjoy clone wars but she's very different in rebels than she is in clone wars and what rosario did was very rebels to me more than clone wars because clone wars she's so young and she's she's you know naive and she's kind of the for all intents and purposes she's what anakin was in the prequels as you know at least least like episode two i guess being like the whiny kind of like i do whatever want like she's much less annoying but she's kind of that character she's immature yeah but then in rebels she is like she has become and that's what we were seeing with rosario a lot more and so it's interesting and she I, i thought she really nailed it and i especially thought while watching it's like you know you watch her fight in the show so much um in animation and her style of fighting is very interesting and the two sabers and stuff and like her the way she moves and everything and i thought that they did it really well in the show like translating how it looks animated versus how it looked in real life and she she looked just like her movements and the way, just the subtleties of it all. Some of it Rosario, some of it I'm sure stunt doubles and some of it effects, but it, it was done like very well in my opinion, based on what we've seen,
2: but. I was gasping out loud during most of her fight scenes. I was just so giddy and happy with the way that it was done. Like I thought it was really great.
1: And those white sabers, like, oh my God.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I thought that was great. Like the, yeah. the fight with the Beskar spear lady at the end, I was like, yes. Wow. Like, I also love that we haven't really seen two women fight in a Star Wars show before. I mean, maybe in Clone Wars or uh, Rebels, which I haven't seen, but you know, it's always 99.9% of the time, it's always, and like women have blasters every once in a while and they're like shooting, right? But like, we don't get to see lightsaber fights Out of these versus another female character and I just thought like it's smart to have two different fighting styles and it's smart to have you know her style be set apart and like even even though we've seen kind of dual blade wielders before hers is just different like there was an attention to detail there and I I looked up later I was like oh it was Dave Filoni's episode of course it was Dave Filoni's episode. This is his chance to shine. And I, I do love that the gender dynamic moment. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't miss Mando right now. Like, no. I, I am happy to be in her world.
1: I also, I loved, I mean, I loved that fight you're talking about at the end there. Like, it was such like a samurai type moment. And I mm-hmm. feel, you know, we I think- people have talked for years about clearly George Lucas being inspired by kind of samurai style and things right, like, like, that. like Kurosawa and and it's so interesting and I love that it kind of this was such it felt like a little homage to that kind of stuff and I don't know if I just don't remember correctly but I know there's a lot a big deal about the Beskar steel and all that stuff and it's amazing and so strong and we see it in blasters and stuff and it's like he could, it's all good but I don't know that I realized a lightsaber couldn't affect it. That was
0: that was in my notes too. I was like, is that is that a thing?
1: Super (laughs) cool. When he was when she and him first started fighting and he was using his wrist and stuff and like and it was I thought that was super cool. And then seeing the spear at the end and stuff and that I don't know that was a neat revelation. It's kind of like Star Wars universe's version of like adamantium to Marvel, you know. Mm i thought it was kind of neat
0: i did have to wonder i was like if that's that powerful why are i mean it makes sense as to why it's so valuable then but like why are more people sort of willing to barter in it right like if i was you know if i was that lady i would have melted down that spear and made myself a suit of armor if i'm fighting a jedi out of this right Right. i mean maybe i'm sure there's some like logic behind like only the mandalorians know the secret behind crafting and recrafting and like that's why they have the but i was like oh man if this is this useful why why don't more people have it or why don't more people <laughs> like, try to use it?
1: Right and I was like that spear was was massive and it's like he he was getting plates of armor from just credits and stuff like that in the first season so I'm like even just like cutting it in half <laughs> you can protect yourself and then just make a sword out of it and you're, you're good
0: yeah <laughs> forever like a, a butter knife size thing would have been yeah. useful even out of that Like that's yeah. a kajillion credits worth of
2: of spear
1: just put like a plate over your heart and over like all these <laughs> organs and you're good like you know it's like <laughs> but yeah I thought that was neat and I I yeah the episode was crafted really well I thought it was cool I did I I was kind of a little bit rolling my eyes every time Mando would be like, you have to train train the, uh, him properly and blah, blah, whatever. I'm like, well, why do you care about him being trained? You just have to reunite him with his people. But I think it was supposed to be, that's the version of being reunited. And it's to show that he actually cares about this kid's future now. It's not just mm-hmm. like, but I, for, I just kept being kind of like, do you, would you really care that much if he's getting trained as a Jedi warrior or if he's just safe? Going, yeah, uh, like is, is
2: safety like, not, yeah, is safety not like no. the, the lowest And I think you already hit on it a little, but I think it was just him sort of discovering like how sad he was yeah. to let him go also. Although I
0: hated that he talked to him like a dog,
2: basically. <laughs> he was
0: like, good job, good job, kid. You did it, you did it. <laughs> like, I know he's a child, but he's not a pet. He's made it clear that he's not a
2: pet. No, but I can understand if you can't really communicate with them very well, you know, that it would end up sort of feeling like that. Cause I mean, we do talk to toddlers like that, to be honest. I guess I I have not talked to toddlers in a very long time, but you're probably right. I mean, I'm I'm sure. It's a lot of like, no, no, stop it. No. (laughs) And then blatantly ignoring everything you want them to do. So it becomes a little dog-like sometimes. And when they do the right thing, you're just kind of like, oh my God, yay.
0: (laughs) I just think it's funny because like, nope, I'm, Baby Yoda, I'm not calling it anything else. I think, but Baby Yoda is going to grow up to be, you know, so much more powerful than Mando ever will be. And so treating him like this now, it's just funny because I'm like, there might be like a teenage rebellion stage at some point, And then he's going to be so much more powerful than you that when he lashes out about you treating him like that, I'm not a child dad. And he crushes his skull under the armor.
1: Well, And also like, I'm older than you, by the way.
2: Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Technically. A older
0: technically
1: exactly a senior so
2: yeah yeah have that's, some respect that's and, what's interesting about the whole thing because my sister who's not a star wars fan in the same vein of us and hasn't really i mean she's seen most of the movies i would think but not she hasn't definitely never read any comics watched any animation or read any books or anything like that and um she was like wait how old is he she's like, several masters and i was like I don't know. I think I think they said he was 75. at um, right. the beginning, right? I did I did wonder about that, right? Because oh, if he's
0: 50. 50, he's fifty when we first meet. Oh, he's yeah. fifty.
1: I don't know how long it's been since we met him, but I thought it was fifty in the first season. Yeah.
0: yeah. Way. And then the old Right. right, 50 is still not young, but it. Yeah. how many, like, how quickly is he going through masters at that point, right? Because That's, i sure, like, Yoda has an extended lifespan, and humans live more than that, you know, he could have had one, we, we know Obi-Wan lives to ripe old age, um, so it's like humans in this universe can live a pretty decent amount of time. Why I is he changing it, hands so much?
1: I took it as that he had learned from several masters, but more kind of like in Coruscant in the temple, like when they were training and stuff, they're learning from different masters, but I don't think that he had a master and he was a direct apprentice. Hmm. Do you know That's what I mean?
2: Like, I think he was- he That's was,
1: what I kind of took it as, but like you're learning they, from these yeah. different in the temple.
2: Yeah
0: I think it was just phrased in a very yeah, kind of strange.
1: Yeah, yeah totally but that's kind of how I thought of it because I was like yeah I can't imagine this kid's ever wielded a lightsaber yet and stuff you know <laughs> so maybe but you know he you know he felt so green that.
0: <laughs> yeah I mean he can barely like you know take, take snacks without needing a nap. So, <laughs> but,
1: so yeah like I, that's kind of how I took it but yeah it's interesting and I mean I like the little the little hint about like you know someone essentially smuggled him out and the poor thing he's just been sitting because you like and then his memory goes dark because he's just been sitting there for all these years all like like doing what trying to trying to survive. So sad. someone took him out before order 66 mm-hmm. so he survived but who and why and then it started making me think and of course now but it's again it's like it's all you just have theories and stuff but I'm going all over the place because I've been watching the shows, but it's just like, you know, if these other, if other characters kind of start coming into play because we're getting so many little characters coming into play from the shows, it's just interesting like to think who it could be and like my own little theories, I guess, but based on it. But what's, what I like about it, kind of going back to talking about what we need to know from the show and what we don't is it all goes back like you go to the original, original Star Wars film. And like all it was was that Obi-Wan Kenobi mentioned that he fought beside Anakin in the Clone Wars. And we always just knew there were these things called the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, when that was enough, that's all we needed. You know, all the info and everything. And you get, you hear the little tidbits and stuff. And, oh, you know, Obi-Wan trained Anakin and this and that. And he became Darth Vader. You learn all this, but you don't know more beyond that. And that's okay. And I think it's interesting that, like, they're doing this in a way where all the characters they're introducing, even if the shows didn't exist, they're giving us a little kind of conversations and things that okay, these people have history, these people have, you know, this person with this person. And we can start to piece it together without the shows, they're giving you what you need, I think, to understand. But then the more knowledge will enrich it. You know what I mean? So I think I think they're doing it well in that way, personally. But
2: no, I think so too. Cause I mean, even though, you know, Dana, you, you may not know like all the backstory, it feel it still feels good. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. There, you know, there I mean? are just like, a oh, few yeah. moments that do end up feeling a
0: little inside baseball. And instead of being, I think part of the problem is our viewer experience outside of the world of the show where I'm like, oh, I know I'm missing out on something now, yeah. you know? And that,
2: and that's. Whereas like someone like my sister, she did, that was the, one of the questions she asked me though after the episode was like, A, how old is he? And then B, why won't Ahsoka train him? Mm. Like she didn't get it. And it's because she didn't know that Ahsoka, you know, was Anakin's Padawan and saw all of that stuff firsthand. Right. And close, right?
1: But as a very casual Star Wars viewer, it's also like she's not remembering how much of a big deal that everything she said is. So even if you don't know that she, tra- that she was Anakin's Padawan, it still would make sense with like if you've watched all the Star Wars films.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. and like just knowing who Darth Vader is, being a pass, like, you know, it doesn't have to be her master. It could be anybody. And it. just
1: kind of her saying like, oh, he's a, she senses fear in him and this and that is the same stuff Yoda was saying in right. episode one. It's like, you know, the same stuff. And so it's like, but, you know, someone like your sister's not necessarily remembering all that. Cause I mean, she probably hasn't seen episode one since maybe, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, Ever? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing is like, it's a very casual, but if you are like a fan of just the films, I think you have enough.
2: You know, yeah, it's really- too. And and the thing is, she still enjoyed the episode. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I totally. Like, it. Even though she doesn't really quite understand why she's turning her down. And that sort of depth of history is sort of lost on her. It doesn't make the show unwatchable.
1: Right. right yeah, right. I
0: do think there's a slightly, like, there's a tier of people probably, like, in my world, right, who are deep in it, but also have not, like, completely... I also was just have a bad memory. <laughs> like sometimes I have a bad memory. and I'm like, I don't remember this thing that I watched, you know, however long ago. But that, that, that's not to say I still, I still enjoyed the episode. You know, there were plenty of things I loved about it. I want to know who do we think the reference is to a Jedi might come seeking them if we get to this temple and they put out this sort of like psychic call. Do we think it's going to be somebody from the film franchise? Do we think it's going to be somebody from the animated franchises? Or do we think it's going to be like third party altogether? I think it's going to
2: be Ezra from...
1: Yeah, I think it's Ezra.
2: Rebels. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think it's Ezra, just based <laughs> on the way. <laughs> just,
2: I mean, just right, based so on, well, A, like, they want to bring that in. It's It seems like they're trying to bring everything together with the show. So that would make sense. But then, you know, from what I understand of Rebels, and I, I've only seen a little bit of it, but I've read some wiki stuff. So, you know, that's where my knowledge is coming from. So if I'm getting this wrong, I'm sorry. But my thing is that he knows, like, he's he's part of that whole Thrawn Mandalore business so
1: oh, he's the main character in the whole show so yeah, yeah that's
2: that. what I mean is but that but he's involved in like this general you know like when we're talking about Thrawn and we're talking and we're setting up Bo-Katan and all that stuff like it has to lead to Ezra I think
1: I yeah know. I mean it definitely could and it's like it's a matter of if it doesn't it would be someone if it's not him or his master Kanan it's like someone that from Rebels as well it's someone that we don't really know probably unless it's like a weird out of left field thing as far as you know if you have watched or read or all, all these different things it would be someone kind of random and Thrawn Thrawn has such an interesting history because it's like you know I was not huge into expanded universe stuff before Disney bought Star Wars but I had read the Thrawn trilogy I think it was back back in the day and I so him and and I think Jackie I think you probably relate to this I know you read a lot more than I ever did but Thrawn and Mara Jade were like the two characters that was actually really like, oh, I'm really sad when Disney bought and they suddenly became not canon anymore.
2: And Mara Jade's never made it into canon, which is such a bummer. Yeah. And, and, uh, on... If they put Mara Jade onto this show, I think I would have a heart attack.
1: Yeah. Um, well, on... for,
2: for a little context, who is Mara Jade? Because I don't actually know. <laughs> Mara Jade eventually <laughs> marries Luke, which is obnoxious. She's so much better than him. But she's <laughs> she's something what they call an emperor's hand. So it turns out after the war, they figure out that the Emperor had these Force-sensitive people around him that he called his hands, and they were kind of like spies who did things for him, right? Okay. They didn't really realize they were what side of the war they were on, or she was told very little about a lot of it, right? And then she finds Luke, and then figures out that there's a different sort of way that she can be that isn't, you know, dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so she, but she ends up kind of like it. so she does become a Jedi, but she ends up sort of my favorite type of like gray character where she's not super late. Yeah. All right, yeah. No,
1: she was a cool character and and Thrawn was always a really cool character, good baddie. And he was in that time after the fall of the Emperor as well. And like, you know, there's all these, the books with him, and, you know, Leia and everyone and Han and Luke, they're all fighting him, that kind of thing. And then they got wiped out of canon. And mm-hmm. then once Disney bought the franchise, then it was announced and they wrote, I read the trilogy, they wrote, it was like a few years back, there's been three books and there's two more I have not, one that just came out recently that I haven't read and then one coming out next year, but that are Thrawn based. And it's, I guess when they announced he was gonna be coming into canon, but in their in their way. So same that they were kind of bringing him in where his books and now in Rebels, cause he's a big baddie in the last two seasons of Rebels here, that he is actually involved before the original trilogy versus after. So. Mm-hmm all the after stuff that existed in the expanded universe in the 90s is now kind of uncharted territory with him that we might be getting to in the show because clearly Ah Ahsoka is looking for him. So he's still alive.
2: Honestly, if you never read any other Star Wars books, that original Thrawn trilogy is very, very good
1: yeah it's really cool but it's hard because it's like now it's it's considered now media. it's
2: not real so who knows but they and might their own <laughs> cuz i i i haven't seen rebels with him so i don't know what his plot is there? Very similar, but, but we so-
0: firmly—you, fr- you both firmly think it's going to be somebody. I mean, I agree. I think, yeah. just from a commercial standpoint, they're really pushing us to you know watch Rebels yeah. and watch Clone Wars, and I, and I totally get like Dave Filoni. These are his, you know, Clone Wars is his baby. Of course, he would write towards the stuff he knows, but I could imagine some Disney slash Star Wars execs out there being like, no, make it, make it make sense with the movies.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the thing though, it's like, it could be that, but at the same time, because everything, all these a- eggs we're getting are, are so uh, really rebels and, and Clone Wars and things like that, it feels like with the announcement of Thrawn and that being Ahsoka's kind of plot, if you will, mm-hmm. it, it just seems inevitable that, okay, it's all working toward this same thing and Mandalore and all that. And, and it feels like it's just gonna be someone from that and it would be him you know so which he's a he's a decent enough character i mean he's kind of whiny and or not whiny but he's just he's the arrogant kind young of young
2: at the beginning yeah. of, of rebels though isn't he
1: he's... yeah yeah and then this, in third season he starts. he gets older but he's still very he's he's very cocky they 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 have a trend of if you're a, a young padawan you're you're anakin essentially you know <laughs> <laughs> it's, very, it's it really know how
2: it was like that too
1: <laughs> what's that
2: is that even Ahsoka's like that?
1: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Is she's like that. And then in Rebels, she's no longer like that at all. And that's what Rosario was like, was like Rebels' version. And I was like, oh, I like this. I like her a lot, but I was like, I like this girl much better because <laughs> I just like mature people. I don't know.
0: <laughs> who is your dream casting for Thrawn? Oh. Um, or who are some viable you candidates? Like Jeremy
2: Irons. Oh.
1: Irons would be really great. I was actually thinking of something along those lines. I was going to say him or even Jason Isaacs, like someone who's like really like a deep voice the thing about Thrawn is like and granted in the books it's like you read them one way you read whatever in the show anyway it's kind of what I picture in books or comics I've read too where he's very kind of like monotone and just kind of like level one note and he's mm-hmm. evil right but he's just but he he talks like this and he's very you know he's very just kind of like the shit he's nice saying like,
2: like cutting you to the core yeah mm-hmm.
1: but he's just kind of like doesn't ever he's not raising his voice he's not you know and he's just and he's just evil and so it's just like this dark kind of like deep voice with like a big presence is, is what He's I am
0: He's blue, by the way, blue. With yes, I, I did see a, a photo of, <laughs> so it's going to be, it has to be somebody who's willing to go under. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, willing to be blue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, I, I I think one of those two would be really good, but I would also be open to like someone I've never heard of before. I'd love that, just like a movie. I could
0: I could definitely see like a you know there's certainly a history of stage actors making a, a there's a case for to be made for stage actors playing some of these roles. I could see that working well. I don't know who, but I, I did want to bring up one other thing about sort of the translation of these characters and these sort of more stylized characters to screen. Thank god her hairpiece in this or her head or whatever that is was so much better than (laughs) poor Bo-Katan's terrible cosplay wig.
2: She honestly looked fantastic. She looked great. great. Really hard you know you know I love makeup and so I was watching it pretty closely and they did an amazing job with her makeup. It's it, a hard was, it, it is hard to do both sides exactly the same. Well. I was I was relieved, and I was like, oh, I think it's like a I think it looks like a
0: silicone headpiece because there's like a little bit of crease in it. It wasn't, but it was. I was just like, thank God, it's not a terrible wig.
2: <laughs> Great. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where they were worried about how they were going to do Ahsoka on mm-hmm. screen, so they it's probably spent a long time figuring that out. Yep. And they're like, oh, it's just a wig. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's just a piece and a wig, so it's not going to be hard to do, and, then, and it was, yeah, it was. And
1: I was going to say just another kind of aside about the show, but through watching what I'm watching right now, you know, we, we were talking about Boba Fett and all this stuff with the first episode and this guy, and it's like when, when if ever, is that going to come into play at all, this guy, and I'm starting to think, and, you know, Dana, you probably are familiar with this character because I know you've watched some Clone Wars if you remember him, but I'm starting to wonder what if it's Rex? Are you familiar with Rex? Do you remember him? Yeah,
2: and it might be. That would, I mean, Monica and Bea, um, friends of mine from San Jose, are adamant that it's Rex. Well, based on that sort of re, I,
0: I so I'd seen this stuff with Rex, some of the most a, a fair number of episodes with Rex in the yeah, Clone Wars in- episodes of mine. Well. Yeah. and then reading about that he is basically you know spoilers, but the the reason that Ahsoka survives, yeah. um, it would make more yeah. sense for it to be that than uh, you know a thrown and up from a Sarlacc, that, Boba Fett.
1: No, hundred percent, and it's like if he was maybe like following the Mandalorian for some reason or whatever like who knows what or the child seen. I
0: feel like she like child, maybe no. she sent him to go find the child like maybe, maybe she knew he was that. out
2: there
1: or someone else did or who, who knows but he's like like maybe this other.
2: and you can tell me because I I haven't gotten this far in the Clone Wars I just think I've read it but he's the one who helped Ahsoka survive right yeah
1: yeah yeah that's what Dana was just saying like he he helped her survive and he essentially was on when the order 66 came through he was supposed to kill her and his and whatever and so he turned against the order yeah, he, he um, had like free of, will
0: and over of, overpowered whatever compulsion.
1: And eventually learned through, I forget what the guy's name was, but learned that they have these like chips in them that are to control in a way where they can actually start to like think for themselves and like get, so he started trying to like liberate in a way. Um And so he's got a couple of friends and you meet, you know, you see him in Rebels again, he's older. And I wanted to go back and look at this guy in this because I was like, well, he's, he acceler- his age is accelerated apparently. And so he's like all the clones are, I guess. And so he's, older like an older guy in Rebels but um, he always had like blonde hair instead of brown that's how he distinctifies himself I guess I don't Mm -hmm. know he always was different but his hair is like white in Rebels and I was like I want to remember what he looked like in this well
0: he has a shaved head in this
1: yeah it was like shaved right and so
0: like completely bald but he also had scars so I was like oh maybe that's where he pulled his chip out (laughs)
1: yeah no totally and so I would love that 3,000 times more than if it's Boba Fett agreed
2: Oh, agreed. I wanted that so bad. I don't believe that it's true, but I do want it bad. Yeah,
1: and then thinking that like this guy, you know, Timothy Oliphant's character came across Boba Fett's armor because Boba Fett is dead and <laughs> <laughs> just came across the armor and was like, I'm gonna wear this. Would make me so happy.
0: But, and also though, that just makes me think, I was like, what a dumbass giving that armor back, seeing it so valuable, clearly. <laughs>
2: like, yeah.
0: Like, it would have been like, you have to take this off my cold dead body. <laughs>
1: right. 100%. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm, I'm excited. We only have a couple episodes left this season, but I'm, I'm very intrigued. And I know, I know no matter what happens at the end of the season, we were like, damn it, when's the next season? Like, Uh there's no satisfying ending, but in a good way. Unlike a show like, like the undoing, right? Where I'm just like, I will hate everything. This will be because I just need the next season now.
1: Yeah. No, exactly. This is like, you just don't want it to end. And if this spawns, if it ended up spawning shows, you know, about, about Ahsoka, or like they ended up spawning different, I'm, I'm here. Like, just I don't want them to go too far and oversaturate even more than Star Wars already has oversaturated a bit in the in the audience world. But I am with what they're doing, and I'm just trusting them right now. I'm just like, I'm here for it. Like, I'm like taking. Oh, I you wanna. Want.
2: I don't know. I'd watch an Ahsoka show right now. Yeah. I think a lot of people would. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, she's got such a cult following that it's just like, I think, and then, and then it's just, you know, she's, she is a cool character. So it's just, it makes sense. And it's,
0: uh, I mean, mean, my, my other last point on that is like, okay, if we're going to stay within this universe of people, you know, tangentially involved with the Skywalkers, at least she's a really cool character. At least she is a badass. At least she's a she- You know, I'm like, where's my lady-led live action one? Yeah, and this is...
1: Well, and there's so much more to explore with the depth behind her characters and, like, the journey her character's on and stuff and, like, the way they have explained, I guess, why she's absent for, you know, certain events in the movies. And, you know, there are moments, like, in in Rebels, particularly when she meets Darth Vader for the first time and, like, the emotion behind learning that Anakin turned into him is, like a lot deeper even than like Luke learning that it's his father. <laughs> like, you know, cause it's like Luke never knew him. He never knew he had, his son was alive. Right. Like, they and, and, they, and it's like, they knew. And so it's like, it's a little more, more geared towards children than adults, but it's, but it's more, it's a little slimier, like the, how awful Darth Vader is to her. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, cause just, there's
0: like personal betrayal as opposed to like circumstantial betrayal. Exactly,
1: And so, and he knows like how emotional it is for her and he's just kind of like, you know, die. <laughs> you know, like it's 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 dark. So it's it's there's a lot you could explore there, and and why she's this hardened kind of like what she is now. It's cool to me. I'm excited to think.
2: It is, and, and to be honest, her like assault to try to get where Thron is located is pretty dumb.
1: You think so?
2: I think her just like waiting around on this planet, hoping that this lady will eventually tell her, is weird.
1: Yeah, mm. but she has no clue. Like if this girl's like a direct, you know working for him and she has no clue like and we I guess we don't know how Does she why say why would
2: how- this girl no? ever tell her the truth about it you know what I mean like I just don't think that's like the best way to go about it I mean if I would think like, she'd have to like torture her
1: yeah well I think that's I mean uh, ultimately what she was yes. going for there and I don't know how do we know how long she had been there like
2: we don't I you mean, know to be honest I love the episode so much it doesn't really matter it's just yeah. sort of
1: It seemed like she'd
2: been there a
0: while because, like, the villagers seemed to know her. Yeah, they
1: were like, oh, the shadow. Like, I I, I guess I, yeah, I kind of took it like she's there and she's doing this and she's, like, she, you know, I guess when we saw her at the beginning, it was like, you have one day or whatever, blah, blah, whatever. It's like she finally got through as far as she needed to go. And so she's trying to get in there. And I guess we don't know quite who this lady is and what. So, yeah, it could be dumb, but it also could be, like, not if we find out more info. Maybe
2: she's, maybe she's, yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe she's just so desperate at this point that she needs information, she has nothing else to do, that she's resorted to sort of this guerrilla warfare.
1: Yeah. Well, her. and when and when we look at, like, how she ends up and how she's back, you know, it's kind of because we talked about, you know, in that article you sent through, I think you even talked about how it's like, she, you know, the amount of time she's like been maybe dead, but not with where she's been in the between worlds they talk about or whatever, and she comes back and she's missed everything. Mm-hmm. If, to kind of think about her being thrust back into this kind of like how long, I don't know how long she's been back but back into like holy crap like what happened and
2: maybe she has no
1: and because of what was going on in Rebels and with Ezra and stuff, I mean her, her mission is to like, she's like I need to find this guy and I need to kill him or like because she makes it very clear she's as a character not someone who subscribes to like the jedi way which i think is super cool she's like fighting darth and he's just like oh that's not that's not very jedi of you because she wants revenge she wants to avenge this this death and this whatever she goes i'm no jedi and she's like you know like basically because because
2: the jedi turned their back on her
1: exactly and so because of that and everything i just think it's it's such an interesting kind of like a Jedi character kind of writing, writing that line, I guess, kind of like, you know. Well, I mean,
0: she's a good compliment to Din in that scenario, right? Because it's, we think of Jedi as these sort of paragons of society, but she, I saw her described as a Ronin, which fits in with this whole samurai kind of, she is a solo participant in this world who happens to have the training of these people, but doesn't necessarily subscribe to this code. And then you've also got Din, who has lived by this super crazy creed his whole life, but now is having to learn like, oh, can I relax it? So, damn it, I, oh man, I want
2: to see this so bad. <laughs> like, nope. I need her back, I need her back, bring her back.
1: <laughs> well, maybe it will turn into a bit of a buddy show somehow. I mean, who knows? Like it would I be, be more
2: badly. I, I was so upset at the end when they were, cause I knew he wasn't leaving the child at that point. I don't know why I knew that, just felt like that's not. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: I, I was, yeah, I felt like it couldn't just be the end of him and the child here, but it was like, I was, just,
2: I was a little bit, like, my heart went, like, a little clinchy. And then I was like, no, it's probably not that. And then when they were saying goodbye to Ahsoka, I was like, that
0: sucks. I did think there was going to be a moment where he was going to be, Din was going to be confronted with having to choose, like, oh, do I let the kid go? And that's where, you know, I think, Matt, you brought up uh, early a couple weeks ago where, like, oh, maybe they'd get separated. And I was like, oh, is it going to be an optional separation? Uh, Where he has to be like, she's like, yes, I'll train him, but you can't be around because you have this connection with him or... (laughs) or then, and then when she said, oh, you have this connection, I was like, okay, maybe he has to be there because the kid won't learn without him. Like that will be how we reconcile. Yay. But now we're just on another wild goose chase, it seems like. So that was the only part of it I didn't like where I was like, oh, now we're just
2: adrift again.
1: But I think that's the beauty of it is it's the the show constantly keeps us guessing, theorizing and hoping this and that. I
2: I love, I love seeing Jedi temples, like most, you know, and I guess
1: I did. I did laugh at that though. I was going to say. I think it's funny that it's it happens all the time in the show, and I think it's happened in the movies a lot too. But it's always like, go to this planet. There you will find this. And it's like it's a planet. Like okay, where? Like like where? <laughs> we need some coordinates. Like you know what I mean. But it's always just go to this planet, and there you will find this person, or there you will find this temple. Like, <laughs> how small are these planets? Is this just like go to this like? You know, even even if you were like, go to this city, you'll find this. I'm like, okay, but where? Like, yeah.
0: like, <laughs> like imagine telling someone like, go to San Francisco, go to Los Angeles, you'll yeah. find this. It's like, yeah, these are huge <laughs> cities. <laughs> are like, go to so to many Alameda, people.
1: Go to Alameda, there you'll find Jackie. I'm like, okay, but where? Like
2: Alameda is not very populated. You, you know? don't need you don't need more information than that. The forest will guide you. <laughs> uh, and of course, the, you know, and the kid can't communicate very well, so it's not like he's going to be much in theory, a Jedi would be able to feel the Jedi temple. Right? Sure,
1: but like, yeah, it's just, I don't like, know. it's not
2: to be steering, I don't yeah. think. But like, even even the kid or the child get, like, understood by someone.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was really cute to see. But it's like, even in this, like, going here to find Ahsoka, it's like, I'm glad you landed where you did, you know? So it's, there's always that just piece that's just like a little, you know, but, you know, it is what it is. It's just part of the property. It's like, you, you take it. But I did laugh when she yeah. said that.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was just my only thought was not another jedi temple only not necessarily because of like main star wars because of star wars like a holiday special oh where i was like
2: no
1: yeah. we spent <laughs> so much time in there we really
2: go to many temples in the books i mean in the movies but they do in all the books and the comic books they're always going to jedi temples and finding
1: any- shows too yeah
2: and well no because i feel like in in rise of skywalker and
0: well actually even in force awakens right It was just i mean isn't that island like a you know, Porg Island basically is like a temple. Yeah. It's like an old abandoned one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was, I was over it after that one, but anyway. Um,
2: Porg Island is my favorite place.
0: Yeah. We, we shall have to see what happens next. I'm excited. I think we all are.
1: I am too.
2: I'm loving it. I'm sad it's almost over again. Oh, it's tragedy.
0: We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And then switching gears, we watched Happiest Season on Hulu, which is the lesbian holiday movie. That's really
1: just how it's being described. It's one and only, the one and only lesbian rom-com, right? It's got the lesbians in
2: it. It has the lesbians in it. What do, what do y'all think?
1: I had a good time. Yeah. I, have, I have notes, but I had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated it. I thought it felt like a real movie, which some of these, which I, I say that and it sounds so uppity, but, you know, some of these, uh, you know, the holiday movies as we've talked, you know, <laughs> kind of like a little different standard. I kind of put, it gave me some kind of uh, Family Stone vibes. Mm -hmm. which I've actually very recently gained a liking for. I never liked that film and I rewatched it very recently and I actually like it a lot better now. I don't think it's amazing or anything, but I like it a lot better. Gave me those kind of vibes, but I thought for the most part, it was fun, but heavy. So it had that kind of like, mix and I know Dan I know we talked about that where you're like you know sometimes the the heavier side of the holiday thing or it's like it was, it's like it's like oh you take the fun out of this where you just want the fun yeah and so I thought about that when I was watching it but uh yeah I don't know I didn't love the main the main well I like I love Kristen Stewart's character and I like I, I always had a big liking for Kristen Stewart but the main the, the girl whose family Mackenzie
2: Davis
0: <laughs>
1: Mackenzie Davis but her, her family I didn't like her character at all which I
2: hated her the whole time and so it was very <laughs> difficult yeah. Because I was really, really rooting for... Aubrey Plaza? Uh, yeah. For, yeah, that's the same, same. Riley. So like I, the whole time was shipping Riley and what was her name? Kristen Stewart's character.
0: Oh, Abby. Um, was it Abby? Abby was Abby? We can, just,
2: we can just call them by their
0: actor's names. Yeah. Let's be <laughs> honest. Nobody's gonna...
2: So Kristen Stewart's character and her, I was just like, yes, they should get together. She, and mm-hmm. she was so nice and she wasn't mean about the, I mean, like... I am way pettier than that. Like, honestly, I would have told her shit immediately. I would have been like, that bitch ruined high school for me, you know? Speaking I, of petty, like, the
0: way that the story, uh, we're skipping to the end, but spoiler, like, the way that Allison Bree outs her like that was
2: mm-hmm.
0: devastating. And I was just like, wow, these are, this is a terrible family. Like, yeah. Kristen Stewart should get as far away as humanly possible from members
2: of this family because they are monsters.
0: Yeah, that was terrible.
2: The only good person was Jane. Oh, the the middle sister sure, with the fantasy novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She she is a co-writer of the script for this.
1: Oh, oh. fun. But yeah, that outing was Nothing really
2: hard. Said, I did get involved in the movie pretty heavily and like Dan Levy's speech on I probably cried the whole rest of the movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was okay with the fact that they ended up together at the end, but I honestly wanted her to run away from that family. Uh, despite the fact that they noticed what they did wrong. It just seemed like that's a lot of work.
1: Yeah. I will say as much as I love um, most of the cast and everything. I mean, I guess all of them. I don't love, I mean, you know, I'm not like in love with all of them, but I didn't dislike anybody, but I I really like a lot of them. I didn't really believe Kristen Stewart's and Dan Levy's friendship at all. Like I didn't Mm. see them being friends like these two people. And I also kind of saw them as kind of playing who I imagine they are in real life, which Love Dan Levy, but I'm also kind of like, he's very similar to what he's doing in Schitt's Creek. Or mm-hmm. what was doing. Well,
2: it was just David, like, but it was just like, it was himself. David, but in some ways, I don't know. I'll watch David do anything. Yeah, I was
1: David. fine with it. It just was a thing where it was like, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't take him out of the film at all. But it was just like their, their chemistry was kind of like, I'm not really believing that these people are like best friends and that like, that we're calling each other this frequently and stuff. They just didn't seem like, like, what would you guys talk about? Yeah, <laughs> like it is, I just didn't really buy it, but I was able to accept it enough for the movie. because like, well, whatever movie, but I didn't buy it. I
2: liked but I liked, I think I thought Dan Levy, of course, was hilarious the whole time. And so that was worth it. Right. I, I do
0: agree that he is constantly playing Dan Levy at present. Yeah. And that's, that's okay, because I think we, we actually talked about this a lot in our last episode there are these people who are just so charismatic who you do watch them but I worry about him falling into the trap of only playing Dan Levy
1: yeah it's the risk of I mean every actor has it of course but I think it's a it's particularly a risk of the comedians because you they have a brand of comedy and then you kind of just fall like it's like we see M- Melissa McCarthy we saw Will Ferrell we see yep. we see Tiffany Haddish doing it we see all these people the funnies they come out and then they're like they're playing that same character and they keep getting, and in their defense, they keep getting cast because people are like, hey, I like how you did that thing, do it here. Mm-hmm. you know. So they keep getting also cast to keep playing those roles because it works so well when it does. But then eventually they seem to kind of hit a point where you have like your Melissa McCarthy's going and she's trying to, okay, I'm going to do serious now and try to be a little different. And like Jim Carrey did it eventually and stuff where they try to go away from that because they just keep getting typecast in the same thing. And it's interesting because- a lot of times you think, oh yeah, it's them playing themselves. But then sometimes comedians are just like the darkest people ever and their comedy is their escape from that. But then they're not like that at all in real life. So it's just like, (laughs) but you know, I love them. It was great, super fun. And I don't know, I liked it. I think I'll definitely add it to my list of things that will be on like holiday watches. I don't think I'll watch it throughout the year, but I'll definitely watch it again next year.
2: Yeah, agreed. I liked it that much. I'd watch
0: it again. I to say, I liked it. I don't think I'd watch it again. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's not like, I think part of it also is, I struggle with the core issue of it in that to something that Jackie has said constantly it could have been solved with one conversation now I will also acknowledge that that's a very tough conversation and it's actually like a wider issue but I you know we I don't think y'all have watched Uncle Frank yet but it, it, these coming out movies like I, I want us to move on as a society and and we're not there yet you know but, and, and it's not the movie's fault per se but I'm just like I don't need to see this again because I, I want this to not be an issue someday right where like people don't have to worry about that and that might be aspirational but I'm just like the rest of it wasn't funny enough or charming enough. And because I didn't want the two main couple actually to get together at the end, like I it doesn't need to be in rotation for me. Because I'm like, really the movie I wanted to see was Kristen Stewart realizing that these are trash people and that she and Opry Plaza were a better match because they clearly had much more chemistry than
2: (laughs) they
1: were living as their authentic selves already. And
2: that's the thing is I would have watched the shit out of the movie. Yeah. I will still watch this movie every year. I still like it enough, but I I absolutely understand when people say they didn't love it. Just because like that level of toxicity is something that you should avoid at all costs. And the fact that she didn't trust her enough to make mm-hmm. the choice—that's what bothered me the most. Yeah, that like
1: pulling over in the car and giving
2: baby- her the benefit. You know what I mean? Like she was so selfish and so self-involved that she couldn't see how much it would hurt someone. And that to me isn't love. Like that is not, I just don't think you love someone if you would want to put them in position without warning them. Right. And and in the, you know, five minutes before you get there is not warning them um, or giving them proper because they could have, yeah. could have been like, hey, I lied. I'm not actually out, blah, 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 whatever. And me, and then she could have had her own choice to go right. or not.
1: Yeah, I think, and I agree with that. I think it could still be love, but also like, I think it's trying to, when you are in this place where she, is that terrified of having to come out and having to like live her authentic self around her family. I think that the most awful kind of ugly, selfish sides of us can come out. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what it's also illustrating that it's like, I think she, I think, I think that she loved her. And I think that it was like, you know, and I think that she wanted to be able to say, You know, like she tried giving her, she tried to like give her the out from coming without, so she didn't have to face it. And then she's like, okay, shit, I'm going to have to face this. And like, it's the wrong decision, the way she went about it. And I didn't, I didn't like her decisions and stuff, but I kind of liked, I guess, I like the realness of kind of showing how ugly it can get, you know, and because this is, it is such a huge issue. And the thing to your point, Dana, about we want to get past this whole storyline is it's, I totally agree with that. And it's like, we're ready for like, let's just have, or even in the family stone, for example, there, one of the brothers is gay and there is a scene of some tension around that. But overall, he's in a family who has just accepted that he's gay and he's with a boyfriend and it's all just, it is what it is. And that's amazing. Like we want to see more stories where it kind of normalizes it Mm -hmm. instead of making a big deal. But then at the same time, it's kind of like these types of stories are the ones that, the families with the people who are afraid to come out are the ones that need to be seeing because they absolutely
0: yeah
1: how wrong this is. So it's like there's room for both. We just don't have enough of the net, of the other kind yet.
0: Right. You know? I, I think it. I think for me I was potentially expecting more of a meet the Fockers type situation yeah. than than a you know this this whole story is going to center around coming out because I when I, I, I maybe if I'd read the tagline closer but I was like oh cool we're getting like a gay holiday story. And it's just gonna be a fun gay holiday story that is similar to all the other delusional stories we get a- around the holidays this year. And then it was like, oh no, of course this one has to be about their sexuality in it as yeah. opposed to it just being like a family romance. And and I think your point is very valid in that, yes, these these are stories for people who aren't quite there yet and aren't ready for that level of thing. But I just, I wanna see more then. I want us to like yeah. speed it up, you know? like
1: <laughs> For lack of a better comparison off the top of my head, and I know we're gonna go into talking about a different film, but you know I've talked a lot with Jackie about this before when it comes to representation on film for different disabilities and stuff too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you you see representation of characters and we'll say characters who use wheelchairs, right? And you see it as a character always having, oh, I had an injury and I hate my life because now I can't walk. But you don't see the whole, I'm living my best life and I'm, I'm who I am and I'm, I feel fulfilled even though I'm a wheelchair user. It's always like this thing where it's like, we have to focus so much on this one parallel of, or this one line of that storytelling, but you need to have more. Same goes with female led superhero films, right? There are things that were hot button issues for with uh, Black Widow and like Age of Ultron, things like that we don't have to get all into, but people went really angry about the route her story was going. And it's like, I get that, but then also it's like she was the only representation for women on the whole team and in all of the Marvel movies so far, so she had to represent all women. And so you're obviously, everything she does is going to upset certain faction, whereas all the white boys like me, we had a bunch of them up there, and we're like, oh, well, I see myself in that one, so I don't care about those ones. You know, it's like, you, we need more well-rounded stories that kind of cover all the areas that these people exist in. Right. You know? It's hard. Yeah. When they don't exist. Not hard
0: to do. I think all the criticisms of it are correct. So. Yeah. yeah, but but I still, I will fully acknowledge, like, I enjoyed the film the first time through. I, it's just not going to be a, a holiday classic for me. Yeah. Well, speaking of films about representation, uh, let's, we, we all watched Run. Sure did.
2: They Run. It stars a wheelchair user.
0: Huzzah! <laughs> An actual
2: wheelchair user. Right. We should, we should say that, say that, like, this actress requires the use of a wheelchair Uh, in her normal life which is very exciting considering that I think it's they did it's like 98% of characters with disabilities are portrayed by actors without disabilities something like that yeah so yay
1: one thing I will say just right off the top too because I looked into her a little bit because I was like oh what else has she done and the only thing I could see was a short from like seven years ago and she is fully walking and I was like, "Oh, interesting." So, she is—I think—six years been in a wheelchair, which is a totally interesting perspective, mm-hmm. having kind of gone into like teenage years, kind of adulthood, and kind of like it's interesting. And and I I was looking into the process a little bit, and Anish—I uh, forget how you say his last name—but um, the director, he, they were looking for an actual wheelchair user specifically, and apparently, a lot of actresses came to the audition in wheelchairs, lying about being wheelchair users.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I saw that they were check. They checked their social media, and it was like, "Here's a photo of them at the beach, standing like two hours prior." <laughs> you know.
1: And I, and oh I hate goodness. that. I hate that people did it, but I love hearing the story because it shows that like they were adamant about finding a real. Change. Yes,
0: that they were committed to.
1: Like that, they were like, you know, and that's how they knew they got fakers
0: because they were looking for a real person, you know.
2: Wow, It's a wild ride for me. I yeah. also
0: I thought just in terms of being an actress she was very good she was yeah she wasn't like the best actress i've ever seen yeah. but i thought you know especially well, being like a, sarah paulson which is not easy to do <sighs> this was not my favorite sarah paulson i love sarah paulson but i was like she's, she's, she's starting to play a, a similar
2: like always the kind same kind of overrated a little
1: bit but yes Unfortunately,
2: she the movie ended up being trite and yeah kind of, you know boring in that sense right there was no twists or turns it was just very straightforward which was kind of a bummer for such a thriller. I thought it would've been really way more interesting if Sarah Paulson was correct and she was actually having weird delusions.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: did,
2: did you all see the act on, I think, Hulu actually? No.
1: Yes, 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 yes. I yeah,
0: with, with our dear friend Joey King from yeah. The Lie. <laughs>
1: yeah, I forgot who, who the mom was in that. Oh,
0: um, uh, Arquette. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I think they both won Emmys or Golden Gloves for it, but...
1: It was was good, but yeah. I, I
0: think if I hadn't seen that, I would have liked this movie a lot more, but that is also, again, spoilers, like, that is the same, exact same premise where it's like, oh, you've got this mom who is poisoning her child in order to keep them bound to them.
1: Yeah, it's not the most original plot line, even from that, like I I definitely thought that same thing with that. There's even a subplot of that in, in literally like, it's a little different being the bound, but like the sixth sense and stuff. Like there's like things where we, we have this like, oh, I'm keeping my child sick because of this. And like, I, I kept thinking, I wish this was a little bit more original of a storyline. Mm-hmm rather than just relying on the the fact that it's about a wheelchair user kind of being the unique thing about it. You know what I mean? Like It's like I wanted the story to be a little more.
2: I just wanted it to be slightly more dynamic than it ended yeah. up being. But I think everyone did a good job of what they had.
1: I enjoyed it. You know, I, I enjoyed watching it. it I, it's
2: worth you know, watching it, you know, in the sense that like, it's fun, Mm-hmm. I don't know, if fun is the right word, but
1: <laughs> well, fun if you like a dark, twisty thriller, it's like yeah, fun. Like, like it's like you I know, do, but.
2: you know. It was enjoyable. It's just unfortunate that it wasn't more original. There wasn't anything that, like, shocked you particularly. Well, never- so the one thing that I
0: liked, and this is, you know, major spoiler for the very, very end. The the thing that I liked about it was that at the very end, you know, she goes to see her mom. Her mom has been imprisoned, et cetera. Like, you know, justice has <laughs> been served. She is in a facility and her daughter is poisoning her back now as revenge. I was like, oh damn, that's cold. <laughs> like you don't usually see that part, right? You see that, oh, e- you know, either they break ties or they sort of forgive them or they're like, you did the yeah. best you could because you had a problem. She's like, no, I'm going to get my revenge.
1: Yeah, our protagonist always has to be the bigger person. And I kind of, I kind of appreciated that in this. They were like, nope, she doesn't, she can yeah. be, you know what I mean? Like I mean, it was a little petty. But-
2: casual talk about having a daughter who walks and having a family and stuff like that. Cause yeah, I yeah. don't often see Uh, wheelchair users in films or television with full happy lives
1: yeah what I didn't love about that scene I will say though was uh Sarah Paulson's uh makeup (laughs) she she had been through and I know she's she's been through some stuff but I was like it just looked as if like it kind of looked like if I was just like you know I'm gonna just make myself a zombie for Halloween and I
2: honestly thought it was zombie makeup so confused yeah she looked like a
0: cadaver like yeah and I was like, who this?
1: <laughs> like, who was responsible for this? Like, I hated that, but but yeah, I don't know. It, it was fun. I had a good time. I, I will say I enjoyed it. Like, the director also did uh, Searching, mm-hmm. which I saw that. I enjoyed it about as much as I enjoyed Searching. Like, I didn't dislike Searching, but I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you what the mystery was. I don't remember. I know what it was about, but I can't remember how it ended up. And I feel like in a year from now, I'm not going to remember how this ended up either, which makes maybe a rewatch fun. But I, you know. yeah.
0: I remember searching only because I, was, I think the thing about this director, and I think it's also like his the co-writer is the same co-writer, like it's a duo that work together. They take these gimmicks. So searching was, hey, this is going to be told completely through the story, uh, all through cameras and social media and, you know, kind of found footage that would be surrounding whatever. This one, the core of it is like, okay, it's going to be about a wheelchair user. And they, they telegraph stuff a little too much. Like, I feel like they don't trust their audience. So there were, there was literally a moment I remember in searching where something was called red herring and I was like, come on, (laughs) like you're not being clever. And in this one, all the stuff with the college and, and it was just a little, it was not subtle enough that I felt any sense of surprise.
2: She's in that meeting earlier. And then, like, oh, isn't she going off to college in two weeks? And she's like, well, we haven't heard from anyone. I'm like, well, how would you have not heard from anyone if she's going away in two weeks? Yeah. I had that thought, too. It was like, we've all gone to college. We've all had to do that. Well, so I we was like, why was, she,
1: why was she there, if not just to make us think, to try to to try to throw us off? Because it was a thing where it's like, she was homeschooled, the kids. So it was like, I don't know what she was be. doing in that. It seemed like it was like a, a class night, you know uh, I mean?
0: It's it said It said on the chalkboard, like, homeschool parents meeting.
1: Okay, Oh, yeah,
0: okay. I think it was some sort of support group for, her. but I was there were a lot of little moments where I was like, wouldn't, and uh, you know, like, wouldn't Why? her doctor notice that she, you know, has, has all this crap in her system? But then there was like a one off tiny line somewhere where they're like, you've changed doctors like 12, yeah, 12 times, times over there. Time. Yeah.
2: But I, was well, like- and I also think too that she, because she grew up so isolated, the daughter wouldn't necessarily know like what a doctor she didn't even really have access to much you know oh i'm talking about
0: a doctor any competent doctor who ran like blood work on her should have been like what the hell is in your system
1: yeah like dog medicine is in you like yeah you know it there were there are things like that and i remember that about searching too where there were just kind of little liberties like kind of some large liberties too we had to kind of just take Mm -hmm. here and there to just like get to the point a to point b but I, you know, I do think that the sequence, granted some choices I thought were weird, but the sequence of her breaking out of her room all the way through to mom getting her when she was in the ambulance almost getting rescued or in a mail truck almost <laughs> getting rescued, mm-hmm. it was pretty tense. You yep. know what I mean? Like it was kind of, it's made in a way where you just kind of like, God, I wish this story was a little better just because the, the sequences, there were certain, plenty of sequences that were just like, they worked effectively the way they wanted them to. It's just that the yeah, the story was just, the weakest part and so I agree with that and then I also had thoughts about like misery things like that and then I don't know if, if you guys noticed I was I was laughing because the girl the the pharmacist uh when she's there her name was like Mrs. Bates or something or oh or, I didn't even I,
0: notice that but that and makes I sense thought, and I
1: thought oh like Norma Bates Norman Bates you know that kind of thing I could be a call back to her and then when Sarah Paulson's on the phone with her later trying to get her to, to call my daughter call my daughter can you just tell her that actually is my deal she called her Kathy and I was like, Kathy Bates. And I don't <laughs> know if that was like, a thing,
0: or, I was laughing because I was
1: like, oh, you know.
0: Again, it's one of those things where I like, I think they're being
2: so clever, but then they also aren't clever enough to trust their audience that, yeah. that was one, one scene in the movie that I was kind of like rolled my eyes out to was the pharmacy scene in general. Oh my God. And she sees the escape room thing. And I was just like, no. Oh, that was
1: too much. And like, yeah, that was a lot, like, okay, I thought she was, I know she looked at the pharmacy when she was going to the theater. I thought she was going to the bathroom and dump these pills to try to be like, she couldn't throw them away in the house because mom would find them. No, she wasn't well,
2: taking I thought them. she was going to ask someone in the lobby or something to, like, Google what she needed. I thought it, I thought that too, yeah. yeah
1: I, I, but I didn't think, like, we're leaving.
2: For me, like, I don't remember what pill this was, and I know I have to take one. Can you make... Yeah. well whatever right I read like an interview with her and I wonder how much
1: input she had on because I know they the, the actress they kind of looked to her to kind of like give some input on kind of like this is what life is like and I I chuckled a couple times because when she was like going down the street and going to the pharmacy that people in front like around her were so clearly just like oh and they like back up oh sorry like, like they're in your way and I laugh because when I'm with Jackie and we walk around anywhere people <laughs> do that yep. if they're like around and Jackie's approaching going, like, oh my god so sorry like they think like oh and they have to like jump out of the way and I and it felt very real like watching it I was like I bet you she was like yeah that's what these people do when I'm I mean it, it
0: reminded me of having to like when we navigate comic-con you know and there's like and that's 10 you know 100 times the number of people but just people not paying attention and suddenly be like ah <laughs> Right. Like, oh my God, something out of my eye line. And no, it's nowhere near the same, but like for, because people can't see any of us, like Matt is very, very tall. Mm-hmm. Like I am short. Jackie is a, is, uses a wheelchair. So like, you know, we are all at different eye levels. And so you <laughs> know, people people have different fields of vision and it is very, very, especially in crowded areas, you know, it becomes very apparent what
1: yeah. people
2: are paying attention to and people are not.
1: Yeah. yeah. For sure,
2: it was funny though because when she sees that big line at the pharmacy, I was thinking, I literally thought, oh well, they'll let you cut, right? (laughs) Uh, Because everyone does, everyone. I don't know, they feel sorry for. Problems are
1: worse than theirs, so right? So
2: like, it's got to be worse and more important. But the but the line was really cheesy when she's like, "I'm wheelchair user, feel sorry for me." Like that was like, I was like, I rolled my eyes because she should have just like played it up and then rolled her eyes, you know, afterward or something. Yeah. At the camera, kind of, but not, you know. Right.
1: It could have been um, a little, little more, you
0: know. Well, she, she's like sincere to the one guy and then the rest of them, she, she doesn't ask. Like, I thought she was just going to
2: be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Either had to go through everyone or just start at the front, like just go in front of everyone and talk to that person, be like, I'm and just, so sorry, I really need well, to talk
1: go. to them all, you know, and just
2: kind of yeah. be like,
0: hey. Yeah. You know.
2: So I liked, I liked the inclusion of that because, like, as a wheelchair user, I was thinking, oh, well, that line's not a big deal for us. Yeah. Right. And I like that they did that. Like they show that that's what would happen, but execution was a little weak.
1: It could have been done a little bit better. Yeah, I'm curious at like, you know, we talked about watching this and and I think you actually brought it. I had I, seen it. I watched it, but then you said, hey, we should watch this and talk about it. How did you feel about representation from your point of view? Like, was there anything that like bothered you or that you were like really excited about?
2: I just, it was exciting to see her use her wheelchair, you know, the way she would do different speeds around different corners and do different stuff like that, which sounds kind of crazy, but actresses who don't use wheelchairs on a regular basis are very careful yeah. and slow. And methodical about it, right? And I, I did, oh, and I loved how often they threw her out of her chair and how she was not helpless when she wasn't in, you know what I mean? When she wasn't in her wheelchair, she still was able to do things. And so, yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, I think that stuff was all good, but that's what you get when you get someone who actually has a disability playing the character. Yeah, that's no, yeah? true. I mean, I'm a much better crawler than she is. Like, I don't know why her upper body strength is so bad, but then, you know, wheelchair users are spectrum. Well, so I did, I did notice
0: that like she tremored a lot and I was like, oh, maybe whatever she is like, she is, has a, you know. Whatever she's taking or being forced to take is causing her to not have a lot of physical strength. Like they she did had
1: intense asthma and all these different things. So like she probably had.
0: I will say, as someone with asthma, maybe not that nowhere near that intense, but I was just like, that's not exactly how fast rescue inhalers work, and that's not yeah. like <laughs> yeah. like this is a she she would she would not be able to function in any of her other stuff if her asthma was as bad as that without having her inhaler constantly going.
2: I mean, let's talk about her crawling around on a roof with a with a mouthful of water somehow and making it to like the other side of the roof and yeah to break a window and I'm not even certain like why that was necessary. Yeah. I don't know if I just like wasn't painting I
1: laughed at that a little because I was like you brought this heat thing to do it like just bash it through the window.
2: Yeah it was like, just the wild and, like, like this and, like, really Reason how she
1: yeah, show that she clear. I don't know what was she. I'm not a chemist, but she's like an engineer. She's, she was she's very, like a
0: mechanical engineer. Mechanical,
1: like. Yeah, I think they wanted to show that she was so smart, maniac, whatever, like, so smart, whatever. Because I also was like, God, you have a lot of, of extension cords in your room. But then <laughs> I know they showed she has all the mechanics. Why she she was,
2: have to break like, into her mom's room like that.
1: I think it was the accessible, like the window to get to, and so she had to get back. She was trying to get back into the house to let herself out of the room. Oh right, the room otherwise. But it was a thing where like, I I was just like, just bring something hard and bash the window. You don't have to do this whole like water around.
2: I will say you can't
0: get enough leverage, I don't think. Well, and I was also going to say, if they are establishing this idea that she does not have a lot of upper body strength necessarily, then she wouldn't be able to carry something and crawl and, you know, do whatever. Carry the thing. Yeah,
2: so even though I was chuckling and it was kind of outrageous and crazy, it was nice to see a wheelchair user get a crazy weird action sequence you know where she yeah. survived a, a wild thing that most people would assume we would die doing.
1: Yeah no and I, I chuckled here and there at it but I it didn't like it's not enough to like deter me from you know I wasn't like oh that's so stupid it was you know. Well
0: was just- I, I mean I also I, my only thought I was like wow she really thought ahead about this because I wouldn't think to bring a blanket to like deal with the glass and all this stuff and I, I was thinking about it, I was like I promise you that this scene existed in the script before half of the rest of the plot because they were like what if we have a scene where a wheelchair user has to climb on a roof and do all this stuff and then you guys you don't even like i i just there was a meeting somewhere that that was something that sparked
2: the reason why it's got it got so complicated is because someone else in the room was like well how would she do that she wouldn't have enough leverage yeah she's a mechanical engineer so she has a thing she's got the hot Uh, iron thing uh, and then like uh, has to hold the water in her mouth the whole time (laughs)
1: Yeah, and that, and what you just said, Dana, I think is probably super accurate about that sequence. And that's actually like a peeve, just probably of all of ours, but of mine in movies where you can just, and a lot of times thrillers, it's the thing where you can just tell like, okay, this was what you. I thought that about A Quiet Place as well, not to like go into a whole other tangent about a movie, but there is a sequence in that film that I think that they were like, let's write, they just wrote this sequence and it's like a short film. And then they were like, let's make this a movie. And that's kind of what happened here, I think. (laughs) You know, but-
2: you know, again,
1: and it's, it but did honestly, serve its purpose, it was entertaining.
2: It's worth watching. Yeah. I think they both did a good job, a little trite, but would you recommend this over the act? I
1: think the act was more, a little better done, but for representation purposes, yes. I would recommend it in that way. And also like, I think this actress uh, was actually a bit stronger than I personally think Joey King is Hey I, I agree. I firmly agree. Yeah. So I liked that, but I thought like the act as a whole was a little more like,
0: well done. Well, I think I think Patricia Arquette is stronger in the act in terms of the mother and the kind of like mm-hmm. explanation, but it's also because she has six, or seven, eight, whatever episodes exactly. to do yeah,
1: it in. It gets fleshed out more and it it, mean, it feels heavier, it's bigger. Yeah. But if you're looking for, I guess, to that point, if you're looking for a fix of this story and you want to watch it in an hour and a half versus six hours, right. then yes, you know, like, you know, do it. It's It doesn't feel lacking. It didn't feel like- oh, I needed more development to get here. Like, I believed the intentions of the people in the film. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel like it was lacking that kind of development. Um, So it was certainly entertaining enough. So yeah, I almost would just say, check both out if you think either are interesting, honestly, because they are similar plot lines, but different enough in different
0: important ways, I guess. I mean, I think this is more essentially an action film is what it comes down to.
1: But I cared. So I don't know. Yeah, I liked it, but...
2: It. it was worth it it
0: dragged a bit for me in the kind of middle parts but then at the end of the end it was just like what the hell is happening here but uh, yeah the ending, I, thought, I thought the setup was probably the strongest actually of all of it i will
1: say too i was really afraid of a cheesy moment at the very oh, at the ending when in the hospital when they're escaping where <laughs> she's not escaping she's being taken by sarah paulson and she's like Sarah's like standing in front of like the stairway of course because the escalator wasn't working so you know she's gonna fall down the stairs but when the girl's like you see that like she's getting some feeling in her legs this and that whatever I was so worried she was gonna kick her (laughs) and I was like don't do it don't do it and she didn't I was really happy about that but I thought she was just I thought it was gonna be this cheesy kind of like I got my
0: my leg back and I
1: kicked you (laughs) just down.
0: I thought Sarah Paulson was gonna try and shove her down the stairs when she, like, instead of the gun thing, I thought she was just trying to dump her down the stairs. (laughs) like.
1: well, Jackie and I have done that, you know, going backwards, but just kind of like, (laughs) You, you, you find a way. You know what I not if you have to. You
0: oh, know. no. I thought, you know, because basically she pulls the gun on her at the end and she's like, it, it felt like a, if I can't have you, no one can moment. Yeah, yeah. And I thought she was going to push her down the stairs instead of using the gun because like they weren't going to draw on her for that. Mm. Also, do hospital security guards carry
2: guns? I mean, honestly, that was my thought. I was like, if they do, they probably aren't allowed to shoot them at people. No. Uh, you know what? I'm going to erase it from my mind. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I kind of thought like maybe a taser, but like I don't
2: <laughs> It know. was. It was. Uh, I was like, this is a very high security hospital. Firearms. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't like she, was, you know, a black man doing normal things, right? And
1: wasn't it like the hospital of like the school she wanted to go to, also? Was yeah. Like- oh my
0: god, I feel like this movie was sponsored by like Washington. I think it really was. Yeah. 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 It was like, oh, god. That would yeah. be. I was just like, you know, we get it. We, we get it. It's sponsored by like, go whatever. Go yeah. Purple W. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enjoy yourselves.
1: You.
0: And then the last one we watched this week was Hillbilly Elegy. I want to know what you two thought of it. Because this is what I probably have the most to say, but also the least to say.
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, that's intriguing.
2: I feel fine. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I don't have much to say, I guess. Huh.
1: Yeah, I actually found myself uh, enjoying it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I will say I thought the trailer was not good and I thought watching the trailer I was like I actually laughed in the trailer and I was like oh my god this is so just like overdone overacted and over everything and for some reason in the movie it didn't feel that way nearly as much to me I don't know. I just watched
2: like, the trailer, so I don't know. I didn't really have much expectation. I don't know if it. it
1: was like my mood or what, but like I, um, I actually enjoyed it and I, I'm seeing a lot of flack for it. Just kind of, and I don't really know reasons or I didn't read reviews and stuff, but seeing people aren't loving it. Um, and I wasn't like, oh, this is the best thing ever, but found myself interested in the stories regardless of the fact that I didn't like any of the people. <laughs> <laughs> <If> you will.
0: <laughs> see what he would do at the end. I fucking hated this movie. Yeah, I hated it. It was a chore. I thought about tapping out because I was just like, there are so many people with more challenging circumstances that do, he didn't accomplish anything. You know, it's like, okay, cool. Great. You got to an Ivy League law school. Fine good for you that's the biggest thing you accomplish in your life like you are not necessarily deserving of a book deal and a movie deal that becomes of it i didn't find it compelling i thought the guy who played jd vance was not a good actor at all i was very frustrated by him and i, I was like what do you you want us to feel bad for these people because he comes from a bad background hillbillies are not the people who need their stories told on screen right now in terms of representation They don't need, you know, we're in the middle of like Black Lives Matter or we just talked about uh, accessibility and like disability representation or race or gender or anything but white hillbillies. Like I don't need conservative white hillbillies to have their quote sob stories told by Ron Howard. We've had enough. (laughs) Like
1: hillbillies are not the people who need their stories told. (laughs) No I mean those are all very valid points that it's like he overcame nothing he over okay fine he overcame poverty but like he overcame like having a really horrible mother and support system quote quote, unquote support system in the way that like anyone is susceptible to that for sure and so he overcame like being set up to fail as just a human and not fail like not get handed things in life but like become a druggie and just like be a nobody and like all these whatever he like overcame that but it's like yeah I totally get what you're saying because it's just a thing where it's like it's it's really about the fact that Amy Adams was just a hot mess and you know there are a lot of people who have terrible parents in this world there's nothing super remarkable about the circumstances of which yeah like
0: there's so much white privilege in this film like imagine if this had been a story about a black family right and that you you'd had that incident with the mother you know he gets out of the car and goes to a stranger's house and the police get called that kid's getting taken away like it doesn't matter what the grandma says it doesn't matter what what you know so there is so much inherent privilege in this film that I just kept being like I don't feel bad for you I don't feel you know And, and it's not to say that there are not other films about white suffering but about characters who come from similar circumstances who overcome things or whatever that I have not. Like I've enjoyed films that are about that topic, but because this one was just so poorly done and this character is just so mediocre that I I just couldn't. And, you know, Amy Adams, I think is a great actress. Glenn Close is a great actress. This this is not the best use of them.
1: To that point again, I think it's interesting. I, I didn't really think about it like that as much. And I still was, but I didn't feel bad for them. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was watching it without- Thinking about those terms, I wasn't feeling sorry for anybody in the movie, really. I was just kind of watching it, like sipping tea, just being like, God, these people are messed up. (laughs) Like, it was like juicy almost, you know, in this weird way where I just wasn't, I was just there for the drama, but Mm -hmm. I didn't actually feel bad for them. And I wasn't, you know, I didn't cry and I wasn't like, oh no, whatever. It was just more kind of fascinating in this weird way to like see these just, just messy people. Like, you know, and that's I think that's where it came from and so I enjoyed it.
2: But I just it was, wanted to yeah. see like if he was gonna let her drag him back down or if she was, yeah. if he was actually gonna like do what he w- was supposed to do. In my right. Life. Yeah. But the most interesting thing about it was the way that it was playing with timelines and not very linear, right? Um, yeah. I, I did not like that in this film. I did not think it
0: worked because it was like, here's some people behaving shittily. Now we're going to show you an excuse as to why they did that.
1: Oh, right, right.
2: Like, um, yeah. yeah. And it was, I mean, yeah.
1: I don't disagree with anything you're saying. And so that's why I'm like, I have to like look at it and be like, God, oh, yeah, I don't know. Cause it's just, it's, it, it, when you say it that way and we're talking about it, it kind of is for lack of a better term, it is problematic in that it's just kind of tone deaf in that it's just like, why do, like, why do we care about this? Like, you know, yeah. Like, and uh, yeah. And I'm, and I'm just, I'm interested because I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, my mindset. We're watching it. I'm going back to where, yeah, I wasn't, I really didn't, I didn't feel bad for anybody. I just was kind of like just watching the, the, the tea. <laughs> like I don't know, and I found it entertaining enough, so I, I guess it did that for me. But and when you say the point about the actor, I will say what was interesting was I thought he and and the kid version of him looked so much alike. I was like, I, I, I
0: thought the kid version of him was better. Oh, yeah. Like I
1: thought the kid's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. the kid thought it was decent. But I was I was just laughing because I was just like that that kid will grow up to be that guy. <laughs> like, it was very accurate. <laughs> yeah, and then watching the credits when I was watching this because I was like. Glenn Close. I mean, I love her and I thought she was good in it. And, you know, she had a couple scenes. She was my favorite character in the whole thing, even though it's a low bar, but she was my favorite character. (laughs) And I was just like fascinated with the makeup and like what they were making her look like and stuff. And then in those credits, I don't know if you got that far and you watched, but it showed the actual person. I was like, oh, it looks just like her. Like it was like, (laughs) It was
2: like honestly, she looked
1: like her. I was like, that is creepy. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that would be like eerie for me if if I was making a movie and watching my family on the screen. It was like someone that looked that much like my grandma. I'd be like, oh this is creepy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, she she was the best role in the film, I would say. I think if they'd set it up more like in a in a way where it framed it as, I I felt like they wanted us to feel bad for them. And maybe that's just my interpretation of it, but I don't think it worked. As opposed to if you just presented it as like, here are these kind of cold people or just, you know, hardened people. Here we go. But again, but again his, uh, no, like his journey was not. And the girlfriend thing really pissed me. I was like, Freda Pinto, what are you doing in this movie? Like, what?
1: i surprised she was in
0: it. Like, you're just like a support sounding board. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, she, she. I was, I was annoyed that the women in the film in general didn't have, I guess there was no... Well, there's no good men either though maybe yeah like everyone. So I think that like because i was gonna say like i didn't like because the sister was sort of there but not really like she was one-dimensional you know and the girlfriend was super one-dimensional i mean the all of
0: the women's lives revolved around men i feel like there was a point where amy adams was like sort of gaining her footing and trying to you know be a nurse or whatever which i was also like that just seems like i wouldn't want that person mm-hmm. taking care of okay but ultimately the story was about men but it featured So many actresses, you know, it was, it was all of these female characters, but it was a story and they were only there to serve the male storylines. And I just, I was not having it.
1: Yeah. And part of me, I don't know, I guess, but from just what I've seen part of me feels like that feels probably pretty accurate. Yep. They're living
0: (laughs) probably. And and then to which I say like, that's your choice. I don't need a movie about it. The money that was spent on this movie could have been made, you know, Five different movies helmed by people of color probably could have been made out of this film because you know Ron Howard says I'll do a movie for Netflix and they throw a bunch of cash at him and he's like this is the one I want and I'm like no man like make better choices or step aside and let somebody else do something that's like innovative or contribute something to the greater world conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, they nailed it. I think the the biggest question is why you know like why what was the point? Yeah and to your point of like you saying that you think that they did want us to feel bad for them I don't think you're wrong I just didn't <laughs> to think so you know what I mean so yeah so I didn't feel bad for them while also finding a way to be entertained by it so I didn't think about it if that if, if you will which is problematic in its own like but I, I totally agree with what you're saying and it's just it's it didn't very unnecessary for sure mm-hmm. and it's interesting that yeah he he got he wrote this book and in got, you know, whatever, announced a movie, all this stuff, and it's like, but yeah, what warranted it? And I don't want to, you know, accuse him of whatever, but almost into him capitalizing off of the crazy, like, out there people that his family is or was.
0: That's absolutely, more, yeah, I think it's absolutely more, him capitalizing more, on his circumstance.
1: More, well, capitalizing off of these characters, if you will that his mom was and that his grandma was and everything. Or his mom is, I guess, I think she's still alive, but grandma was versus like telling some like actual, like, oh, this my story of what I've overcome. But he's probably phrased it, framing it in a like, look what I've overcome because of these people. Mm-hmm. But knowing that it's the craziness of those people that is just going to be the selling point for what he's doing. And it's, when you look at that, it's kind of like, yeah, the, it's not very meaningful. You know? I also
0: got very angry because then I Googled him after. I got angry at his wife actually. So he's socially conservative, definitely has like, you know, taken the media appearances route. His wife was a clerk for Brett Kavanaugh before he was in the Supreme Court and oh uh, was a cor- uh, clerk for Justice Roberts. And I'm like, oh, I, Justice Roberts, I have slightly less of an issue with, but I'm just like, oh, you're trash people. Like you're still trash people. You're just rich trash he, people now. He yeah,
1: I was like, so you didn't, you didn't escape and overcome like the lifestyle. You just kind of-
0: You immediately embraced it. Like you, you know- yeah.
1: You just found a way to make money and then still, yeah, that's, that's disappointing. And that makes it even more disappointing that Ron Howard and, and the people involved would get involved because honestly, it's when you hear, I think when actors often, when you hear about these roles that are like, this will be, you know, challenging. They, they, they both had very big acting things to do <laughs> you know in the movie like uh, when you look at Glenn Close and Amy Adams anyway and so challenges for them and things like that you kind of look at it as like it's Oscar bait in a way and and Ron Howard's attached and all this whatever and it's a shame that the Oscar baitness of it all overshadows the fact that it's like not a movie we should be doing with our good moral compasses i guess you know for kind of like you know when you're when you're telling me these things because like, i didn't know this about the guy and it's just yeah
0: like, and and it's not to say that you cannot be you know socially conservative course. and Be a good person and and all this stuff. And it's not to say that he's necessarily a bad person, but I again, because there was not enough compelling information in the story itself for me. And I'm talking about the story, right? It's not just a character study. I was like, fuck off, just fuck off, I'm done. Like this was, I was so angry by the end of it.
1: No, hundred percent. And I don't think, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, he's a bad person, this or that, whatever. But I think that it's not, for lack, I don't know, I don't want to sound like bad here, but it's not necessarily the voices that we need to be amplifying right now. So it's like, okay sure maybe you're not a bad person but we need to be given the spotlight you say people of color all this different stuff and people whose whose voices are actually kind of doing changing things for the better rather than just kind of let me just like tell you the sob story about my poor life and tell you about why i'm still able to be the way i am now it's like it's just right. kind of you know, i don't know
0: yeah he had no, he, he had nothing major that he accomplished out of it aside from surviving and there are so many other people out there who are surviving every day under much harsher circumstances yeah
1: no that's very fair and very valid So we don't recommend it then.
0: (laughs) I don't recommend it. I, I, you know, I, but I acknowledge that like, I, you know, I had my own slant on it and.
1: Even my, you know, I'm not backpedaling on the fact that I enjoyed it. So even like, even with my take on it, I didn't come out of being like, oh, you got to watch this movie. I just was like, yeah, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. And I I did, but it's irritating now thinking about it more, (laughs) knowing more things, which I'm glad to know, you know, I'd rather rather be aware.
2: Yeah, I left it not liking or not, not disliking it but I think I would have to watch it again. (laughs) You know, which I think leans me, you know, and obviously after the discussion leans me more towards, I don't like it.
1: Yeah, do you think that that we'll be seeing Oscar nods?
0: This is terrible, but again, this is putting the kind of business cap on. The fact that it came out this early, like I feel like Netflix in the past few years, they'll put out like a feeler one Mm -hmm. and it'll be like an okay one. And then they'll save their heavier hitter ones for December, December. And yeah. so I feel like they will still probably put it up for awards and I will be very angry if it gets nominated, but I wouldn't be surprised because this year is such a weak playing field. Yeah. But I feel like uh, something like Mank, which comes out soon, is a stronger contender from just from what they are going to be willing to bet on. And then they've got, they've also got like things like The Prom and Ma Rainey's something, something. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they put up Glenn Close or Amy Adams for something for this, yeah. but I hope people I- don't reward it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if it was a best picture race and it was this and the lie and new mutants, what do you think you would choose, Janet? I
0: would choose New Mutants. I'm not even
2: kidding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I haven't even seen New Mutants and I would also. <laughs>
1: well, I thought you did
0: watch it. Yeah,
2: I thought you watched it. Oh, oh yeah, I did. That's right. We did <laughs> So
0: you forgot. You would about- you would pick a film you didn't even think you'd seen over the other two. That's how bad the other two are. <laughs> yeah but i hope to god it doesn't but uh, but again this is this is the year where it could sneak through because it it could
1: that's the thing and did it get i don't know do we know did it get like a little theatrical alongside it because or are the rules changed now i feel like
0: the rules have changed this year or it's possible that it's playing in the theaters that are open but i feel like this year is gonna be a free-for-all so it's gonna be really interesting to see
1: right there like we just need contenders yeah You know, so the line well, and, of,
0: and yeah. you know, Amy Adams is, that, that was the other thing I was like, Amy Adams has played Hillbilly well, like Junebug is such a spectacular movie and she is so good in it. And it's like, yeah. so I know she's capable of playing a character like this. I, I, and also just the way they tried to like age her and make her like unattractive or whatever it was. I was like, she's still Amy Adams. Right. Well, no amount that, of mom jeans yeah. can.
1: Right. And so it wasn't like a huge stretch for her as a as, a, as an actress necessarily, but it was, you know. Yeah you know that and that's the thing is if if you took any of the actual acting like the star power out of the film it'd be terrible i think my takeaway would have been very different just from that even so cuz i'm i'm very susceptible to like you know and i and i don't think these were like crazy crazy powerful at all but I'm very susceptible to like some like really powerful performance can really like make a film for me. Like if it's throughout it, you know, like mm-hmm. where I'm like, I just am so captivated by certain, especially actresses, but certain actors as well, where it can really do it for me. And so it's like, yeah, if you
0: took them out of there, it, yeah. To use the example of happiest season, like I feel like Dan Levy's one monologue that performance elevated that entire movie, right? Like that's one mo- moment. That's just a really strong performance that, yeah. took that movie from being like oh, okay it'll be for me at least to being like okay this had like a really redeeming moment in it you yeah. know so like that that alone
2: that speech I wouldn't have I mean I would have liked the ending less a lot. right
0: and and so you know I, I I agree in that there are plenty of performances that elevate like a okay thing but this to me backfired
1: <laughs> yeah no I could totally see that and i I agree with the Dan levy moment and uh you look at different actors and stuff and I think even like Mary Steenburgen in, in uh in in it you know the mom and happiest season i think even with her and the dad and the moments and kind of like we like what are we doing like we we are so wrapped up in this that our daughters are all afraid this is afraid of this is afraid of this afraid of that all because of us and like whatever it's like there's a little more like that that really like you know yeah i enjoyed that too but the like moment was big and so yeah to that point it's just like when you have these performances that are just like really expert and it's just like oh wow there's certain ones and I, I think for not that we need to give it more attention than it's already gotten, but I think for Hillbilly, it was Glenn Close and the kid in the car when he threw the calculator out the window. That's the that's the scene in the movie that I'm going to remember the
0: most from it. I think right, and but it, that that does not a movie make. I think is my
1: no, no, it didn't. But yeah. I just it had like it didn't that. It, but when I say that, I'm like her performance in that scene. I I mean she was great. She was great throughout. As you know, but I thought that. I liked that scene, but then when you look at like what's being accomplished and what the point, it's like, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just like, she was really good in it. And she kind of took this script that's very whatever and like made it to a point where I was like, wow, you entertain me, (laughs) you know, but it's, it's her.
0: Well, the good news is at least we had two good things to watch this week. Yeah. Or actually we have many other things to watch this week. That's how we had just split up. (laughs) our episode. that's how much is going on. Well, thank you both. We'll We'll continue with more, more watchings. Yeah, thanks for that. Thank you, as always, to Jackie and Matt for joining. Now, a couple quick follow-ups and explanations. I want to start off with that my dream casting, or maybe not dream casting, but someone I would put up for the role of Thrawn in Mandalorian would be Rufus Sewell. He has not actually played a Star Wars villain yet, and I feel like he fits into that sort of stoic British actor universe of baddies. As for Run, which has the distinction currently of being Hulu's most-watched feature title ever during its opening weekend, so a lot of people watched it when it first came out, we were talking about actually not Run technically, but we were talking about The Act, and Patricia Arquette won an Emmy and a Golden Globe for being in The Act, and Joey King was nominated for her roles for an Emmy and Golden Globe, which Joey King didn't win. We also were wondering, are there armed guards in hospitals? And it turns out, yes, in fact, there are. There's a growing number of hospitals who are employing armed guards, so... Be wary, but also please try and stay out of the hospital right now. And that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.